Welcome to 100 Stories of Hope. I'm your host, Anne Buckland, and we are continuing our journey of 100 Stories of looking at what hope means to people. Um, I, I'm joined by Gareth McNabb, Director of External Affairs for Christians Against Poverty. Now, Gareth, we've had some really interesting conversations so far about people that have um, epitomized hope through their actions and through that simple well, I say simple, sometimes it's the hardest thing to do in the world, but it's just to kind of head down, get on with it, keep doing what you can until those steps get a bit bigger. Um, have some really good chats about what hope is, but I want to actually turn it on its head for the next conversation and just ask you, what is your hope? What a great question. Um, so when I think about hope and hopelessness, I can remember the most hopeless uh, part of my life uh, when I was, uh, I felt the most alone I've ever felt. I felt the most uh, depressed and isolated that I'd ever felt. Um, I'd uh, crashed out of university. Um, it was a degree course I should have done well at, but wasn't doing well at. Um, I had uh, a nasty relationship breakup. My parents were in serious financial difficulty and about to lose their uh, jobs and their home and I had I, I, I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders and I had no answers for anyone even myself I didn't know where my life was going mm-hmm. uh, to the point that um, I decided uh, to uh, start putting the things together to end my life Good. and halfway through uh, an attempt on my life um, it was almost like I could hear the words you're my son and I love you now, um, that wasn't my dad speaking. He wasn't even in the house. I was out, out in uh, the garden by the pond. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the words that in the scriptures, in the Bible, um, Father God declares over Jesus Christ, his son. This is my son. I'm well pleased. Listen to him. You are my son and I love you. And, and right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, the father speaks this over him at his baptism. And then the spirit goes with him into the wilderness. He confronts the devil, the enemy, our, our shared enemy triumphs over him and then off he goes into his three years of ministry and then his death and resurrection. So, so I, having been brought up in a Christian home, I knew what these words meant and I knew who was speaking them over me. And if, if Father God can declare over me that I am his son and he does love me and he is pleased with me while I am halfway through a suicide attempt, my degrees failing, my relationships are failing, I don't know where I'm going to live. If he can still declare that over me, then my life has worth and hope and every life has worth and has hope because Father God declares that over his children simply because they're his children, not because of any accomplishment they have, not because of anything they've done to earn that attention or that affirmation. God, the creator of the world in Jesus declares over us, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you. And those of us who hear that, and respond, I think, get an inordinate amount of hope, an inordinate amount of joy and confidence about the future, such that it energises our lives here today. Um, And so, yeah, um, I've told you a story of William Wilberforce, I've told you a story of John Kirkby, uh, but my story, I know what it is to be without hope, and I know the difference that day made, that one moment in time when I heard God speak uh, and declare over me that I was his son, that he loved me, that he was pleased with me, and that changed everything. My life lived for Jesus ever since um, has uh, been so full of hope that it's just just not funny. I bet it makes some people sick. 
That's brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm just going to ask one question that leads on to that because it's a really powerful, powerful testimony for a life change or your life changed rounds. What did the practical bits look like afterwards? So you had this revelation, you then felt, wow, okay, this is, this is worth hanging around for. There's still more to my story. I've still got more to do. But that's sometimes it's, Sometimes we have those epiphany moments, but then what do you do with that bit afterwards? Yeah. What helps you actually make that into solid feet in front of the next? Great. So having crashed out of university and feeling without hope, mm-hmm. well, if if now I have hope, what would I do? I, my grades weren't good enough, so I need to repeat a couple of modules. So I'll get a job while I repeat those modules. I'll do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got a job in a cheese factory and stank of cheese for a solid year. <laughs> but... I paid my overdraft off, completed my modules, and I restarted my degree course on its second year, at which point I met the woman who's now my wife. I met some of my best friends, and my life just kicked on a gear. But it, not only did I manage to pay my way out of debt, I was able to support my parents as their employment situation changed. Uh, I just found the next thing to do. Um, uh, it was through uh, meeting a friend in the same village in South Wales um, who... Uh, was part was at the same university as me but a year staggered it turned out that my year out working meant that we entered our second years together and uh, my firmest of friends and um, when your life has space in it for when when you give yourself to work and to study like that you don't have an awful lot of time for the things that were destroying my mm-hmm. life so I was drinking far far less and um, I didn't have a single desire for the drugs that were controlling my life uh, and me after that epiphany moment uh, I would call that miraculous. Um, uh, other parts of life did take a little bit more effort uh, to to see improve. But you know what? That that journey out of being on my own to being in community, that journey from out of not knowing what my next step was to just taking the next one, uh, and that that yeah yeah the, the the growing out like I could see more of my future if I could see the next day. And then eventually it was I could see the next week and then it was I could see the next term. And before long, I'm going back to university. And I can see the next couple of years. And now I'm in a place of sufficient peace that I can rebuild life. And like I say, uh, in the end, I quit uni because I wanted to get married and got a job and God bless my career. And now I'm here talking to you today. That's brilliant. That's such a such an inspiring story. Just reminding people that there's there's always something else, isn't there? There's there's always a glimmer of hope. There's always hope. It's so powerful. Just a little bit of it can turn your life upside down and and totally change it from death to life. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Anne.